Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, true believers. This is Stan Lee, and I want to be sure to see you at my Los Angeles Super Comic Con on October 28th to 30th. And be sure to use code MELTDOWN for 12% off your tickets. Excelsior! This episode may contain strong language, nudity, and dated pop culture references. Parental discretion is advised. Hey folks, before we get started today, I want to tell you about my new book. Eh, if you've been listening to the show, you've heard about it already. But if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, then get ready to hear about a great new book that I wrote called Dream It, Screw It. It's 30 years of rejected Disney attraction ideas from Dip Disney. I was a kid. I wanted to be an Imagineer so bad. My life took me to a completely different path as a comedian, but I decided to merge those interests and make fun of Disney, but also celebrate it in a weird, unusual way. You can get Dream It, Screw It at indie bookstores, on Amazon, and we're having a big event on October. October 15th at Waco at the La Luz de Jesus Gallery, and we'll tell you more about that in just a minute. So dream it, screw it, find it, get it, love it, read it, and when you do, you're supporting the show, and I appreciate it. From the audio dorm room inside Meltdown Comics, it's two packs a week with me, Jeffrey Golden. Welcome to Two Packs a Week, the trading card comedy show. Every week, I open up packs of weird, retro, and trading cards with a funny friend. And this week, I'm joined by the director of the La Luz de Jesus Gallery and the host of the podcast Pod Sequentialism on the Meltdown Network, our network. Ladies and gentlemen... Matt Kennedy. Hello. Matt, how you doing? I'm well. I'm, I'm going to touch you with my hands do across it. the table. Let's do it. See what oh, we've done. Oh, Two fingers it. at a time. Oh, it's like yoga. All right. I feel a stronger connection to you now that we did that. I think that was important. <laughs> it I, was. I think I had to make that ritual. Like, go across the table. Reach across the aisle. Yes. That's what we got. Our but we're on the same side of the aisle, though, so yeah. This is true. Speaking of politics, mm-hmm. you run an art gallery. I do. And you were gifted with a very unusual piece of political artwork that sort of caused a bit of controversy in, in the a manner. area. In a manner, yes. Can you tell us about it? Sure. So I'm not sure how many people are familiar with this, and it was part of the news cycle pretty heavy last month and this month. But the Art Collective in Decline posted up in five cities in New York, Cleveland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Seattle, these life-size naked Donald Trump statues. <laughs> and they were amazing. They are amazing. I and mean, the piece was called The Emperor Has No Balls. And so the <laughs> naked statues have no testicles. Can we say that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You no can say, so this is an E. Hashtag no testicles. balls, testicles, <laughs> I don't know, dump trucks, whatever people call it. And it has a very, very small penis. And it's relatively overweight. The hands seem a little big to me from what I've seen <laughs> about Donald Trump. But it is his height. And it, it was on a pedestal and they had these kind of glued slash cemented into place uh, in different areas and they selected our shop because of its location in Los Feliz, Silver Lake adjacent 
and know that we were a high traffic stop and with the beautiful mural by uh, Shrine that we just extended down Rodney Avenue from Hollywood, it seemed like the ideal place. And I rescued it when they started to destroy the other ones in other cities, crowbarred it off of the tarmac and brought it to the steps in front of the gallery and let people continue to take pictures. The police came and it got taken inside. And then I said, no, we're putting it back outside. And and the police were actually really cool about it, opened the door for me as I put it back out. <laughs> and then just the, the amount of attention it was getting was starting to worry me about its safety. So we brought it in the gallery, put a little blue tape around it. Now you can photograph 360 degrees of it. That's really cool. Because you want to see its dumpy little ass. Yeah, you want to take a selfie up yeah. against Donald Trump's butt. That's, yeah. I think, the, the dream. Isn't that every Los Angelinos dream is to do that? Why limit it to Angelinos? Yeah, Isn't that's it right. Every American. Every American's yes. dream. Yes. Well, yeah, you got to check that out at the gallery. It's really cool. Well, speaking of things we're going to be checking out, we've got two packs of crazy trading cards yes. that we'll be looking at today. First up from Duo Cards, Happy Days. These are collector cards from 1998. So unfortunately, these aren't original Happy Days trading cards. I don't know if they actually made they them. They made them. I had them. They had the kind of blue border and the kind of TV set motif. I remember those in the 70s. Oh, yeah. cool. I wonder if these will be reissued of those or whether these are completely different cards. I guess we'll That's we're interesting. Gonna, yeah. find out. It would be good if it was a reissue. It would be kind of like a nostalgic look back, which is very much in the vein of Happy Days. And I oddly matched font to sort of both packs that we have today with my T-shirt. I know. It's super weird. Yeah. You have sort of a neon letters T-shirt, and we've got the neon lights of Happy Days. Yeah, and, and End of the World is a Japanese band, <laughs> and they're playing in Los Angeles lately, so it's it's just oh, cool. timely, I guess. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We also have from Pacific which I believe they made Rad Dudes trading cards, which I pronounced them as the Plan 9 from Outer Space of trading cards, Rad Dudes. Is it, it Dudes with a Z? It's, ew, I wish it was. It's uh, not, but it might as well be for what it is. Backwards like, S? Nothing, none of that? None of that, weirdly. Wow. But a lot of really gross anatomy of kids riding skateboards. Wow. Um, it's really, they're really poorly done. So this is Saved by the Bell, The College Years, and we're supposed to find all the prism cards. Do you think we'll do it? All of them in one pack? I mean, it says find 10 different prism cards. Oh, but they're randomly inserted. Uh-huh. So probably not. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but uh, guest gets to decide which pack would you like to open? Happy Days or Saved by the Bell? I'm going for the Happy Days. Yeah, Mondays, yeah. Fridays. All right, well, you take that. Yes. And hold on to that while I open us up some Saved by the Bell, the college years. Fabulous. One. Well, you wake up in the morning and you wake up in the morning. We should also note that these are both foil wrap. Yes, this is true. This is not cheap paper wrap. These are the nice, luxurious foil wraps here. When your bed is a mess and your dorm room is a mess and you have to... Oh, these cards are so stuck together. These are the most stuck to... Oh, my God. Every single one is stuck to another card. I don't know if you would... I think someone resealed those, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Definitely, like, repacked them. Like, hey... After you know enjoying what... them a little too much. You know what I like to do? Masturbate under trading cards and then reseal them. Or maybe it was the guys in the factory. Maybe that's what they were... That's a rejected letter from the Penthouse Forum, which can be your follow-up to Dream It, Screw It. And it could be called Dream It, Screw It Part 2. Uh, the Penthouse, the fake Penthouse letters. Yes. I like that. Let's see, I'll give you some cards. Wait a minute, were those fake? Was Penthouse Forum fake? Those weren't real letters? Uh, uh, no, of course, Matt, those are real. I don't (laughs) want to kill your dream. I want to talk about this card here. I want to talk about Mike for a second. Now, I don't remember Saved by the Bell the college years as well as I remember Saved by the Bell, but this guy, Mike, 
I mean, he can't be a college student. He's definitely 40-something years old, but he's wearing jeans and a tucked-in crazy shirt. You know who he looks like? He kind of looks like a buff Dave Coulier. He looks like a cross between Dave Coulier and Miley Cyrus's dad. Yeah, that's right. And he's pointing at you, and he's like, no, no, no. So he's got to be some kind of authority figure. And the background is sort of this kind of like marble pattern that you'd see sometimes on textbooks. And when you flip it over... It says, oh, there's some dialogue. Okay, great. So in the Rad Dudes cards that were also released by Pacific, they also had dialogue on the backs. I think these are always really funny. So Rad Dudes was a show? No, no, no. It was an original property that they were trying to launch. It was sort of- Via trading cards. Via trading cards. Wow. That's like trying to launch a movie via 75th page ads in TV Guide. (laughs) I know. It's a weird backwards thing. Okay, I'm going to read this bit of dialogue here with Mike, presumably. So this is a weird thing. Mike isn't in the dialogue. He's in the picture, and he's being, I guess, reassured by one of the college students. But I don't see any dialogue from him. This is very strange. Okay, it says, teacher's pet, Alex. Oh, uh, I'll have you know that isn't a that. That's a girl, Leslie. Yeah, Screech has been babysitting Lasky's daughter, Rogers. Aw, can I see the little sweetheart? Screech. No, she's very shy. Oh, it's a monkey. That's what's going on. So Screech is holding, I'm almost certain that's a chimpanzee, right? That is definitely a monkey of some sort. Yeah, yeah, okay. In a baby dress. But I have to tell you, this raises more questions than answers. I don't know why they're bringing this monkey in. I don't even know who Mike is. Usually, if a card features a character prominently on the front, then there's something about that character on the back to sort of tell you who this character is. And I have no idea. I have no idea. Wow. What's your first card there? (laughs) Well, I have a confession to make about Saved by the Bell, actually. Okay. And I've never seen or even heard of the college years version of Saved by the Bell. Great. But when I was an actor in the early 90s, I actually booked a gig on Saved by the Bell. That's amazing. So you're on an episode of Saved by the Bell? Gloriously, no. I booked the episode and Dustin Diamond improved something that went a few seconds later. Oh, no. And so I very happily and luckily did not appear in an episode of Saved by the Bell. But I did get paid my holding fee. And I worked in bars in the early 90s, and I got out of work around 2 o'clock in the morning, as did all of my other friends. Right. And Saved by the Bell was on television when we got home. Great. So I would have been seen eventually right. by they, one of my friends. And they would have never let you hear the end it, of it. Like, yeah. hey, how's your buddy Screech? Oh, my God. How's your, how's your buddy Zach there? You're dating a Kennedy Kapowski there from Matt Kennedy? I, I did a, a GTE commercial where my line was, your pocket's ringing. <laughs> and I heard that every day at work for the next three and a half years so yeah i can only imagine but my card also features mike (laughs) great and he's sort of giving an uncomfortable man massage to zach it too has the i think all the cards have a variation on the color combination of this generic marble background (laughs) which is then split in half and it'll be one color on the left and one color on the right these ones are turquoise and fuchsia i think was that the same that yours yeah i have have a turquoise just Oh, this was turquoise. all turquoise. Yeah, Whoa. I know. This one wasn't split in half. That might be one of those special cards. <laughs> I don't think we got any special. 
special. <laughs> or are they all special? I guess so. Zach looks a little roided out, actually, in this Funny. series. He's wider, and he's clearly buffer than he was, as I remember him, on the regular Saved by the Bell, and his jaw's more pronounced like a hockey player's. Do you think maybe he paused time to then work out in the freeze world? Oh, I bet he did. And then come back as super buff? Uh, he must have, right? I'd do that. So it's the picture of them like that. And like so I it's say, Zach and Mike together? Yeah, and Mike is in back of him, and he's kind of got his hands on his shoulders in that kind of, hey, buddy, go get him kind of thing. <laughs> right, And he's right. sort of arched over, and he's wearing the nut hugger acid wash jeans and the tucked in, really weird patterned 80s, but in the early 90s shirt, whereas Zach has a kind of Oxford button down that buttons halfway down, short sleeve sweatshirt, untucked over his also acid washed baggy jeans. Uh, acid washed jeans are the worst. So, okay, does it explain on the back who Mike is? No, but I can tell from the back, and this is what's really weird, is when you flip the card around to the back, you realize just how much taller Mike is than Zach. Now, I'm guessing that Paul Michael Glazer, is that who played Zach? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, he's not a short guy. He's probably maybe 5'11 or something like that. Yeah. He's also next to the dude that's now on one of those terrible news shows. Oh, really? It's, I'm trying to remember the show. I don't think I know the show. He's like an entertainment reporter. Oh! Enter- okay. And then Screech is on his other side. Screech is wearing a kind of... It looks like... It's dark, so it's hard to tell if he was actually wearing overalls, but I think it's actually like a basketball-type A-frame jersey <laughs> over some loose jeans. They're all wearing white sneakers, which is kind of amazing, except for Mario Lopez, who's wearing socks. And this <laughs> dude has his arms crossed, and he's talking to them, and he's a full head taller than all of them. Right. And clearly like, big guy, like almost a Gabe from Revenge the nerds right a big dude so is a dialogue on the back there is dialogue and it credits it as rush week okay and it says rogers you know screech a lot of guys want to get into sigma alpha house but not everyone makes it you might want to find a house that suits you like for instance the uh house of pancakes (laughs) zing yep is that it is that that's it okay so this is funny because that card also has no dialogue from mike right and i have another card it's Mike and Slater. And by the way, weirdly, Mike is in quotes and Slater is in quotes. Like, yeah. Slater, I understand as a nickname. Okay, so you right. put that in quotes. It's like Slater, you know, he's like AC Slater. But I think that was his actual last name, though, on the show. I, I don't think, think that was a nickname. It was just his last name. This right? is sort of a nod to the fact that they're admitting that these aren't real people. Right. Like I guess... we're giving their character names. And it's also in a weird font, which is sort of halfway cursive and halfway printed. Right, which is weird. But then it says Mike in quotes. Yeah. Is that his nickname? Is his nickname Mike? Who is this guy? I mean, this is a picture of Mike with his arm around Slater. And Mike is smiling and he's a big, cappy guy. And Slater kind of looks like he's maybe a little concerned. Yeah. Like he's like, maybe you shouldn't have your arm around me. And you could fit his entire head just in Mike's face. Absolutely. No question you could do that. But here's the crazy thing. On this one, it's also dialogue, and there's no dialogue from Mike. This is another one. On the back, it shows Mike watching Slater work out, lifting weights, and this is an episode, I guess, called Dr. Kelly. It sounds like the Stallion Home Video parody. <laughs> Rogers, I made the team. Slater, no, oh, we knew you could do it. Rogers, yeah, and I'm glad I tried out. I needed to prove to myself I'm not over the hill. Zach, so when do you start? Rogers, I don't. My future is here. Maybe it's Mike Rogers. 
It's got to be, right? There's a Rogers here, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good. Mystery solved. It's got to be Mike Rogers. Hey, he would have gotten away if it wasn't for those meddling college kids. But that's so weird to refer to him specifically only as Mike on the front. And, and then, Rogers and, in the back. And Rogers on the back. That's so weird. Yeah. Close this out. You got one more for us? Okay, let me see. There's this. Oh, this is too good. Okay, you got to go with Screech whenever you can go with Screech. Yeah. So I, too, have another just fuchsia marble background. So when they have the pictures from the show, and these look totally staged, not actually from the show, part of a, a, a shoot for, I don't know, Scholastics magazine or something. Right. And it's like a kind of weirdly torn version. It's not like a square in a square. It's roughly torn around the edges. That's right. the way that they frame out the, yeah. the images. To make so, them cool, make them edgy. Yeah, so yeah, like a scrapbook in your yearbook. Right. So this has Kelly and Zach and Slater and Screech and Screech is in a steamer trunk and he's coming out of it with his arms up in the air like hey look what I did and he's got that look <laughs> in his face that he always has Great. which is a combination of dull surprise and moronic bliss <laughs> and when you flip it around the quote on this is guess who's coming to college and Kelly I'm gonna be in your suite I'll be Leslie's roommate Zach you are there are 30,000 students here how could that possibly have happened Screech don't thank me, Zach. It was my pleasure. You owe me. So apparently there's some discomfort between Zach and Kelly if they no longer date, maybe. I guess. This is the weird thing with these cards, is that there's these chunks of dialogue that aren't necessarily funny or entertaining. It's more just pieces of their lives. It's right. It's almost as if you were reading pieces of a transcript of an NSA transcript. You're bugging their rooms or whatever. Yeah, around the redacted parts. <laughs> so now the backs of the cards do actually feature scenes from the show. Right. And so on the back of this, the scene is Screech kind of hugging them together to bring them into a hug and he's got, you know, his eyebrows are arched as though he, you know, as I explained, dull surprise or uh, moronic delight. Let's see, the robot that I built is telling me that we've got to go to a commercial break, but stick around because we've got Happy Days cards coming up. Hey! Hey! Welcome back from the break. We've got Happy Days cards. Mondays, Tuesdays, Happy Days. Wednesdays, Saturdays are happy days. Should we open up some Happy Days cards? All right, here we go. So this, too, is in a foil pack because this is a 90s collector's card set. Yep. Look for the Omnichrome cards. The 1998 Paramount, as we said. Here we go. Two. Okay. Wow, these go full to edge. These are full bleed cards, and they're all the exact same card. That's what? No, there's... but. Check it out. Look at this weirdness. There's duplicates within the... Within the pack. Within the pack? Oh, that's weird. That's a weird thing. So I'm going to give you Yeah, hand, those. Me, hand me some of these here. It's strange to have trading cards with no borders. Yeah, that's, I've never seen that before. That's weird. Usually you've got some kind of border. Something. On the back side of a card where it's not glossy and it makes a Donruss puzzle, maybe. I, I know, but... Oh, yeah, look at this. All right. Okay, here we go. You want to kick us off here with one of these? Should we read the one that we both have? Yeah, let's do it. Should so, we read it in unison? Yes. Let's try to read it. Okay, so in the... So, Is yours card number 17 as well? Number 17, okay. yeah. Okay. All right, so why don't you first describe for us what are we looking at on the front here? So on the front are the Cunningham parents. To the left and right of a person in the middle, Lori Beth, 
played by actress Linda Goodfriend, who I do not remember at all. What a great stage name, though. Goodfriend? That's a really good name. I don't think that's her birth name. I don't think so either. But that's why I say it's like a good stage name. And so Marion Ross has her hand over Miss Goodfriend's belly-ish, kind of. Right. Maybe she's pregnant with Richie or something, right? Maybe, maybe. Should we read this at the same time? Let's see if we can read this simultaneously. Okay, ready? Okay. One, two, three. It It was was always assumed that that Richie Cunningham would one day settle down to adult middle-class family responsibilities. When the time came to select a mate for America's most popular boy next door, Gary Marshall looked for an appropriate girl next door. He found one in Linda Goodfriend as Lori Beth. Richie's eventual better half. Linda had made a couple of appearances on Happy Days as Kim, Time Capsule, The Physical. But the first time we meet Lori Beth is in a girl's dormitory during the episode Hard Cover. Since her Happy Days work, Linda has popped up in Pretty Woman, directed by her old boss Gary Marshall, and Exit to Eden. That was so creepy. I, know. I feel like that's what I'm going to hear right before I die. The apocalypse is going to come, and it's just going to hear that, but thundering in the sky. Yeah, it like, sounds like the intro to a King Diamond record. <laughs> I've got the Fonz, by the way. Hey! And I have the perfect Fonz. Sit on it. It looks like he's telling you to sit on it. He's got both thumbs up. He's looking at camera. That this is, is this the is penultimate Fonz. Quintessential Fonz. He's in front of a... I want to say a barn door or something like that. He's in front of some kind of wooden structure A bulkhead there. maybe, yeah. Yeah. So I guess these aren't character cards. It looks like we're talking about the actors. On the back, it has a Happy Days logo, and it says the genesis of Happy Days. Oh, I see. Okay, so this is, we're talking about the show. So a lot of these are about the show themselves, like the production. As Behind to the, the scenes stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, these are not the images I remember from the original cards, but maybe they are. It's so different because the original cards had borders. Apparently, Happy Days began life as a 1971 TV pilot, New Family in Town, written by Gary Marshall and directed by Gary Nelson. But ABC rejected Family as a series, but aired the pilot on Love American Style, renaming it Love and the Happy Days. And then the original version featured a bunch of other people as the actors that you know. With the big screen success of George Lucas's similarly themed American Graffiti, I say, that's what I thought that came out of. ABC gave Happy Days a spot in its '74 schedule, provided that a super cool greaser named the Fonz would be added to the regular cast. You know, I guess this is maybe a good example of network executive making the right call. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this is one of the few examples where this show would not be anything without the Fonz. Right, it would have nothing. Now, he, does he appear in the first episode, or did they bring him in after? I don't I don't know. It doesn't say. Interesting. Mutton Days Tuesdays. Happy Days. <laughs> I got a card that's got the Fonz flanked by six girls. Oh, yeah. There you go. And he looks verklempt. <laughs> Is he overwhelmed by that situation? Even I... he has reached the limit. The Fonz has reached the limit of how many girls can be around him. Maybe <laughs> he expected seven. Oh, that's maybe. So you think he's nervous because he doesn't have enough girls. He looks like he's mid-sentence. It seems like it was an odd time to (laughs) snap this particular photo. And this is card number 44. It says classic episode slash antics. Happy days. All kisses lead to Fonzie. And it has the actual same image in the back that's on the front, which I don't think was the case with the other cards. Oh, no. This one, the Fonz one is that. It's clearly like cropped 
Oh, okay, cool, cool. Oh, yeah, I guess they do do that. Ralph Mouth takes advantage of the curfew football star Rebel E. Lee, played by Reb Brown, has to keep by having dates with his girlfriend Kitty in Requiem for a Mouth. Rebel finds out about the romantic trysts and Ralph Mouth seeks Fonzie's advice when Rebel threatens to beat him up. Fonzie comes up with the solution, much to Ralph's dismay, that they settle it with boxing gloves, and they do with the Fonz enjoying it all at ringside, a lover rather than a fighter. Now, <laughs> Reb Brown is one of these dudes that would just occasionally pop up and stuff, kind of like right. that other guy that was on Happy Days that then wound up on Married with Children years later. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm having a really bad time remembering actors' names, but I know yeah. who you're talking about. I know it's not Grant Goodeve, but it might as well be. Hey, you know what? You're having Happy Days of your own, hosting your show, Podsequentially. That on, I the am. Mel- on the Meltdown Net. What, that a, what a transition, right? That was a good transition. It wasn't <laughs> ham-fisted at all. Not in the slightest. <laughs> Tell us about Pond Sequentialism. This is a show where you try to get sort of behind the scenes mm-hmm. of different creative endeavors, of different yes. worlds of creativity. And, and so the show kind of started as an outgrowth of my traveling exhibition of comic book art, which I called Pop Sequentialism. And I had accumulated over time, I think, 80 pieces that were going to be in a show. And I wanted to put together this great kind of survey show of what makes modern modern comic art great. And I realized as I was setting up, this had never happened, that there had been shows built around single titles or single characters, but never had someone kind of approached it from the point of view of, let's look at the creative teams, let's look at the writers and the artists and the anchors and why specific pages would be more valuable than other pages in the same issue, or why pages from specific issues were more valuable than other issues in the same title, et cetera, et cetera. And in order to explain that, I had to write a lot of explanation. Right. And when I did, I realized I'd written a book. (laughs) And I wasn't just going to post this online, so we decided to publish it as a La Luz de Jesus Press publication. We published it through Last Gasp, and it's the only color page is a color proof page from The Watchmen, and the rest vary from 1985, 86 through to 25 years from that point. So it was basically The Watchmen to The Walking Dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. incredible. And it was a fun exhibition to put on, and we ran it at our gallery, and then it's been in a couple of comic fairs internationally and a couple of public spaces. And when I was here one day talking to Gaston who owns Meltdown and I helped build the first meltdown across the street. He's my roommate and, and we've known each other for years. He was like, you should totally be doing a podcast. Let's get this going. And so it grew out of that to talk to people that were originally included in the pop sequentialism exhibition. And we're right. like, well, it's a podcast, so we'll make pop pod, make it pod sequentialism. And first show was with co-writer of the latest Mad Max film, who is a classic comic book creator who helped kick off one of the, the, you know, the sort of new British invasion of comics, Brendan McCarthy. It was a great first guest. And then the second was Steve Bissett, a guy I grew up with in New England, one of the major collaborators of Alan Moore and Swamp Thing, and also helped push the independent publishing market. And so I realized rather than just keep this around comics, it would be nice to expand it out into, like you say, personal endeavors, kind of the DIY aesthetic. And we've tackled things from looking at comics and seeing that there at a certain point weren't a lot of people of color or that portrayals of women and LGBT characters weren't very realistic and over time we've seen it change and I, I like to, to see that that type of thing happen and Me you know too. how can you not get behind that right yeah it's, there was one episode I particularly enjoyed because I'm a wrestling fan oh yeah and you talked with one of the main Dan uh, Madigan writers. yeah Dan yeah. Madigan another mass hole yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're both from terrible cities in Massachusetts that begin with L. So I'm from Lynn and he's from Lawrence. And his dad actually would train wrestlers like Tony Atlas back in the classic WWF days. His training facility was in my hometown of Lynn. We met at the gallery back in the early 90s and became really good friends. And I was 
around when he got that job and right. I was like, oh, you got to talk to him. <laughs> the stuff we couldn't talk about on that show were kind of amazing and I won't talk about them here, but he was very much an insider in the background of WWE and right after we recorded that, someone put out a list of the most shameful errors of wrestling. <laughs> they included Dan and you know, some of the plots that had emerged under his watch and he got a little defensive and I was like, wait a minute, it seems like they kind of didn't take the spirit of what we were just talking about. <laughs> you got to subscribe on iTunes. Yeah. It's a great show. Pod Sequentialism. Mm-hmm. You want to check that out. Yes. Let's do some trades. What do you say? Okay. Trade. All right. Guest gets to initiate trade. Are there any Saved by the Bill college years cards that you would particularly enjoy? I think I got to go with that Mike solo card. I know. Mike. Yeah. I don't. Who is Mike? We have no idea, but he looks pissed. Yeah. He looks pissed at you. That can't be the only thing he ever did. Maybe not. I'm sure he's done something. The card's not going to give you any information on Mike. Oh, my God. He looks like the missing Baldwin. <laughs> he does on the look. front, he looks kind of like a fat, roided-out Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> oh, this is great. Yeah, I think I need to have this. Well, I got to tell you, I think that's my favorite card. <laughs> So I think I got to go classic, man. I got to get the Fonz. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, if I'm trading for Happy Days cards yes. and I'm not getting the Fonz. By the way, I went to college in Boston, Emerson College, and Henry Winkler Emerson, went to- uh, I'm an Emerson alumni of sorts myself. Of sorts? Yes. Oh, that's great. I was a pot dealer at Emerson. That is hilarious. <laughs> you know what? That is probably worth as Were you much. at Charles Gate? What's that? Were you at Charles Gate? What building were you in? I was in the little building. The okay, little so bit, on, by Boylston the pizza place Trim. in the corner? Yeah, Boylston yeah. Tremont near the Lowe's. First the Hawaiian Lowe's pizza here. I ever had in my life at that place. Oh, son of a yeah. bitch. It's good. Hawaiian pizza's delicious. Yeah, we used to use the back of their pizza trays to split the seeds out from the weed. <laughs> Let's see. You I... too can reach this fine demographic as an advertiser. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we talk about only the highest class <laughs> stuff. Should we close the bag? You have one more trade you want to do? Maybe I'll grab this Richie Cunningham because Ron is a great director. You've got it already. Yeah. It's yours. Yes, I'm going to you... keep this. You will not defend it with my life. Thanks, Matt, for stopping by today and talking. It's been a blast. My pleasure. And I look forward to hosting you over at our shop for the Devastator Press. October 15th, mm-hmm. Dream It, Screw It release. We're so excited. We're going to have free churros. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're going to have the artwork from the book on display. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just a crazy celebration of a Disney that never was and never should be. I think we'll have to have tequila that day, too. I think so. Remember a little glicky, 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 glicky. Glub, 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 glub. I want to thank Meltdown Comics. I want to thank Mason in the booth. This has been two packs a week. Mondays, Fridays, two packs a week. Wednesdays, Saturdays, two packs a week. Enjoy two packs a week. Good night. Two Packs a Week was produced and engineered by Mason Booker. Opening theme by Matt Myers. Break music by Lee Rosevere. Logo by Kenny Kyle. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us find new listeners. Follow us on Twitter at Two Packs a Week. That's T-W-O. And me at Jeffrey Golden. That's Jeffrey with the G. Special thanks to Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset. I left a bunch of these cards at the store for y'all to take. I'm your host, Jeffrey Golden. Hey, be good to each other. This card is truly astounding. I have no frame of reference for it. I don't know the episode. It says Kelly, mm-hmm. and this is an older Kelly Kapowski. Yes, pre-90210. Pre-90210. And she is looking off into the distance, and it looks like it's like a painting. It looks like a graduation photo. It looks like a graduation photo, but very serious. Yeah. There's no sense of mirth here. Yeah. She's just completely stoic and, and serious. On the back, it's a picture of, I guess, younger Kelly, and it says, Kelly's last will. And it says, to Bayside High, 
I leave the best years of my teen life. What dark. happened? Does, does Kelly die on the college years show? Like, what is happening here? Is that a future episode? Like, we're going into the future to yeah. see what happens. What happens to and, us? Like, Zach becomes like a pro skateboarder, and Screech becomes an inventor, and Kelly yeah. is dead. Yes, and Kelly is dead. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.